Okay, so uh, what I decided we were going to do after our long break, um, and now that it's uh, after the Yom Tovim, and, but it's not only after the Yom Tovim, but uh, we now find ourselves in the middle of this uh, this Ace Tzara, this uh, very difficult uh, circumstance for Klal Yisrael. So, and on top of which, third factor is I got myself a new sitter. Um, it actually comes in two volumes. Um, but what's nice about it is that it gives a beautiful explanation, ongoing explanation of the tefillahs, and it gives very nice introductions to the to the uh, to the tefillahs. So as I was looking around for um, things to focus my attention on, as we are in this uh, circumstance, so uh, um, I came across this line, which said, "Were they introducing Kabbalah Shabbos this week? Uh, you know, we had the uh, a more." Um, uh, energetic Kabbalah Shabbos, a more Lebedic uh, Kabbalah Shabbos. And uh, the introduction to Kabbalah Shabbos, at some point, maybe after we finish this series, I'll give the introduction to Kabbalah Shabbos. Um, I was going to try and prepare that for tonight, but he's got about 40 pages. So I wasn't able to do the 40 pages of, uh, of introduction for that. But one line uh, is important. It says, Mizmor Zeh, we're referring to the first paragraph that we say as part of Kabbalah Shabbos. Yisaper Moshe Rabbeinu al Eis Yemot HaMashiach. So Moshe Rabbeinu goes in and speaks about the time of Mashiach. Shekasher Yiskabsu Kol Yisrael Mikol Galuyos. That when all of Kal Yisrael is gathered together from all of their exiles, from all the different places on the globe where they are, Yiranenu Bekol Toda. So they're going to sing a song of great thanks, a very loud uh, song of thanks. That Hashem has taken us and saved us from the midst of the other nations of the world. And I said, wow, that's a, a beautiful idea to think about. This what's very much on our minds right now is that Akash Baruch Hu should go ahead and he should gather us in from all of the exiles and everybody should be uh, should be safe and sound. And when I read that, I said, you know what? This is something which is, which is amazing because it reminds me of one of the famous um Dibre Torah of the Kedushas Levi. The Kedushas Levi of Levi Yitzchak of Berdichov, who is not known not only for his um his Avas Yisrael, he was the the ultimate uh, Oiv Yisrael, always uh, advocating on behalf of the Jewish people, always judging them uh, favorably that Baruch Hu should see them in a in, in a positive light. But he has a beautiful idea with regards to Kriyas Yamsuf. I think I may have uh, given a drush about this a number of years ago. But he goes ahead and he asks, you know, we all know that uh, Az Yashir begins with the words, Az Yashir Moshe of Ne Yisrael, Es Hashir Azos. And the Berdichever the, uh, the is, uh, is curious about the language Az Yashir. Because if you literally translate Az Yashir means then they will sing. And we're not talking about, we're talking about seemingly the Torah is describing a past event. The fact that when Klai Yisrael got through to the other side and the Mitzrim died in the sea, they died and then they sang. And he says, It should say, and they sang this song, but not they will sing. It's a funny language to go ahead and say that they, they will sing. And he asks a number of other questions uh, related to that as well as he's trying to build this perspective. But he says, you know, just reading small little excerpts, he says, So the same thing is true by Kriyas Yamsuf. 
is they were standing on the dangerous side of the sea. When the sea was in front of them, in the Mitzrim, the Egyptians were pursuing them, ready for battle behind. So Klai Yisrael had tremendous bitachon, tremendous trust in Hashem. Shebevana yevakalem, that undoubtedly God is going to split the sea for them. They knew that with certainty that Kosh Baruch was going to, 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 uh, to split the sea for them. And in being there, their bitachon was so great and so clear. That Kosh Baruch Hu will provide them with salvation. So they composed the song that they would sing in advance. They composed it while they were still in the midst of danger in anticipation of the certainty that Kosh Baruch was going to save them. Kodum even before the salvation took place. Kimisha Davuk Bahashem because somebody who's connected to HaKadosh Baruch that's the Dveikas we've been talking about, and somebody who is Batuachbo, somebody who has um, trust in God, Shebevada Yoshialo, that God will uh, undoubtedly save you. Omer Hashira Alachua, Kodum Hachua. So you could already compose the song of salvation, even in advance of the salvation actually taking place. And now we understand why the opening words are, and then they will sing, Lashon Asid, which is future tense. Why? Because they said, when we get to the other side, then we're going to sing this song. So it was composed in advance of the Chua. So they didn't they didn't compose it in response to something which already happened. They composed it in adva- in anticipation of what will happen. So therefore it says, as Yasha, that when we get to the other side, we will sing this song, and then well, then the, the, whatever the song is. So I'm thinking to myself that this is something which we could go ahead and we could try and invoke for ourselves at this time in this circumstance in which we find ourselves that we're going to demonstrate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu now our confidence, our bitachon, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to provide salvation for the Jewish people. And therefore, we're going to sing now, or for our purposes, we're going to study now the song which Kal Yisrael will sing in the future because we're so confident that it will happen that we can already go ahead and we begin to study that. We can prepare ourselves for that Gula, for that Yeshua, for that salvation in the Gula and the redemption to, to take place. And it's interesting because our entrance into Shabbos, the whole point of Kabbalah Shabbos, is going into Olam Haba. Shabbos is described, we know from the Shabbos Miros, says Me'en Olam Haba, that it's a miniature Olam Haba. And every time we begin Shabbos, as we begin with these paragraphs, these six paragraphs which we say before L'Chadodi, so... They are all in order to prepare us ultimately for where we want to be in Olam Haba. So as we prepare for Shabbos, we're preparing for Olam Haba, we're preparing for that stage where Mashiach is going to come and there's going to be a salvation for the Jewish people and the Jewish people won't be in danger anymore. So studying this in advance demonstrates our bitachon and it's a preparation that we have for this uh, future uh, event, which is going to, uh, to take place. And this allows us to be able to tap into the special nature, the special character of Shabbos, as well as uh, anticipation of the Chua, the salvation which is going to come. So I said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to study these paragraphs so that we'll be prepared when the Yeshua actually does come. And uh, in the interim, before it may come, uh, at at the very least, we will be 
have a better understanding of Kabbalah Shabbos. And Kabbalah Shabbos will be more meaningful and it'll be a richer, more um, profound and spiritual experience for us, knowing that we, uh, we we know what we're saying and what we're trying to, uh, what, what the point is. Okay, so with that now, I am going to... Um, see if this works. That appears on your screen. Yes. Okay. You're welcome. All right. So we are going to uh, first. What we're going to do is we're going to do this really in two parts. So first, we're going to read and give just a basic translation and explanation of what's going on. And then I saw in my preparation, I saw that the Malbim one of the uh, more recent, as far as the, the span of Jewish history, one of the more recent commentators, but one who is um, has uh, is very good at putting together the big picture and the theme of what's going on. And he has a tremendous theme, which is contained in this, which is deeper than just a simple translation. Okay, so we begin with the, uh, the Pasuk, L'chul Niranunal Hashem. So come, let us sing to Hashem. And the Radak says that this is something which Klai Yisrael is going to say, Bimosa Mashiach. So the Radak says this, you know, from the time of the Rishonim, that this is Ken Yeromu Yisrael Bimosa Mashiach. That in the time when Mashiach comes, they're going to say to one another, now is the time, now that the salvation has come, let's join together and let us sing to Hashem. And the word Lechu, although it's related to Halach, which would mean walk, so it doesn't mean let's walk somewhere in order to praise Hashem. The word Lechu in this context means that let's, Let's be quick about it. Let's let's uh, let, let's get it done. Let's not uh, delay. Let's go ahead and start praising Hashem uh, uh, immediately. Naria Lutsu and we're going to sound the sound of the shofar to Tsuri to the rock. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is when we think about something which is strong and something which is permanent. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu is often described as the tsur, as a rock. Yishenu, so the the salvation which we experience is something which was for sure going to happen. It's just a matter of when when it happens. Nikadma panav besoda. Then we say, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. And the word nikadma, let us come. So that also is preparation. So you're calling together a group of people and say, let's go ahead and, and do this. And the Toda, which we're talking about over here, is not a Korban Toda. Sometimes the word Toda means a Korban of things. But here, the Radak says it's really referring to a, it's a, uh, a verbalization, uh, um, uh, a, a comment or an expression of thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for all the things which he has done. Bismiros Narielo. And with psalms or with songs, we are going to raise our voices to him. Some people understand that the word naria isn't that it's raising the sound of our voices, but it's actually referring to the shofar again. That's going to be the sound of a shofar, but our songs are going to be so loud. It's going to be this thunderous song, which Klai Yisrael sings together to the point where it will be loud like a shofar. So if you've, uh, you know, certainly if you've, uh, Alan, you've been to a, a, a sports game, been to a Bulls game or something like that. And when things start getting going, so the place is just rocking. It's just so loud. The voices of everybody, that's something which is, uh, which is, uh, which is inspiring in and of itself. What, what, what's going to be the excitement? So you see, Kikil Gadol Hashem, 
Hashem is a great God. Umelech gadol al kol Elohim. The word Elohim over here is not referring to God, but he is a great king above all other gods. In other words, that although in our present world, Olam Hazeh, so there are those who deny God's existence and they deny his powers and they don't they refuse to go ahead and recognize him. The Radak says, the most Mashiach, that in the time of Mashiach, it will be recognized and evident to everybody. That he is the one who is more capable than any other power. He is the one who, who possesses all of the powers more than any other Elohim, any other perceived power in the universe. Now, sometimes people perceive the sun and the moon as having some sort of power, and it will be evident to everybody that that's not true, that everything is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's power, and whatever is uh, there is not, uh, they are just a wielder of power, but they are not the possessor of that uh, that power. They're just shluchim, they're just agents of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ashebiyado mechkerei aretz. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the Sofos Harim Lo, as well as the high mountain tops are also his. So we're 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 um explaining, and we'll see more about this in the Malbim, we're explaining that the totality of the physical world which we see, all the way from the depth of this uh, of the earth, all the way to the top of the mountaintops and everything in between, all of that is low. All of that is Hakarish Baruch, Hu. they're all biyado, they're all in his hands. He controls all of them. That he is in possession of the sea and everything which is contained in it. According to uh, some of the Mephorshim, what's happening is we're going from a general statement about the depth of the earth to the top of the mountains, and now we're beginning to specify various details within that. So, for example, the sea and what is HaKadosh Baruch Asahu, and he went ahead and he made it via Beshes, as well as the dry land, Yadav Yatsaru were formed by his hands. And now that we know who we're talking about, and it's a God which everybody in the world now recognizes, acknowledges, and uh, and perceives as being the true God. So therefore, Bo Nivracha. So we should go ahead and we should prostrate. Prostrate means that a person is uh, flat on the ground, face down, arms and legs spread out. Nichra is when a person is bent over a little bit their head and maybe their, their neck and their, their back a little bit. Nivracha is when a person bends at the knees. The word baruch, according to some, is related to barech, is bowing at the knees. It's a recognition, it's an admission of power of uh, somebody else. That we have to go ahead and we have to acknowledge and give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we're going to do all of this different type of bowing before Hashem, the one who went ahead and who, who made us. Why are we bowing? Why are we acknowledging? He's our God. We are his nation. Mariso are the pasture, meaning that we're referring to ourselves like sheep, who that the shepherd is going to watch over and is going to direct and he's going to take care of him. And vitzon yado, and we are the flock of his hand, and the flock of his hand is something which is significant. The Mitzudas David says that sometimes you have a shepherd who uses a stick to keep his sheep in line, but a compassionate, caring shepherd doesn't use a stick, he uses his gentle hand. So Kadesh Baruch Hu is the one who's very gentle towards us, even as he guides us, it's always going to be with the gentleness of his hand. Hayom, and we can experience this, in Bekolo Sishmo, 
And here it's an interesting transition which we make over here. But we say that that's only we we could only be assured of that even lasid lavo even in the future in the event that we listen to his voice. Now what's what are we warning against? Because we've had experiences in our history where Hakadosh Baruch Hu has taken care of us and we didn't respond as we were supposed to. And now we're going to go back to Yitzias Mitzrayim. Remember, we said in the introduction that this uh, this chapter of Tehillim was written by Moshe Rabbeinu. As he's thinking about Lavo, as he's thinking about the future, so Moshe Rabbeinu has had his experiences with Kla Yisrael and their behavior in the Midbar. So Moshe Rabbeinu is warning that at this time of salvation in Lasid Lavo, even then, make sure that you're attentive to the fact that you need to listen to his voice. Because, don't go ahead and harden your heart as Kla Yisrael did in Meriva, in the place of Meriva where we rebelled against God. And the Malvin points out that this idea of that a person hardening his heart, his heart, that only is true, that's a phrase which is used when a person denies reality. So you're just being stubborn. You're just being like silly about this. So you're somebody who's stubborn is not that they, they don't understand. Stubborn, yes, Ellen? It's not the same as uh, paro, right? It's not the same phrase. Same thing, same phrase, right? Same right. phrase. Rabbi yeah. says, libo. I'm going to harden his heart. So the the Malbim actually makes the make, makes that connection. The same connection as uh, as you, Ellen. That 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 power also. He had all the evidence in front of him saying that there is a God, and he keeps on refusing to recognize God. So that comes from stubbornness. It's not that he didn't see. It's not that there wasn't enough evidence before him. He just refused to take into account or to weigh the evidence properly that he's going to change his mind. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, don't harden your hearts like Klai Yisrael did Meriva. Like the day when they were in Masa, another time that Klai Yisrael rebelled against God, as they did in the wilderness. Because what happened in the wilderness consistently? Ashir nisuni avoseichem that your forefathers went ahead and they tested me, and they went ahead and they tried me, which is another, it's a synonym for test, as we'll see in a minute. Even though they saw all the things which I did, they saw the ten plagues of Mitzrayim, and they saw Kriyas Yamsuf, and they saw me provide the man, and they saw all the things which I was doing, which was so loving with my loving, caring hand, and yet, nonetheless, they tested me and they tried me. And the Malbim explains that the difference between a Bechina, right, which is the second term, Bechanuni, so that term is when you go ahead and you want to see whether or not uh, a person is going to do something consistently. I know you can do it, but will you do it? And a Nisayon, and this is going to be relevant when we talk about Avram Avinu in the coming Parshas, not this week, but after the, this week we talk about uh, Avram Avinu's Nisyonos, that is to see whether a person is in possession of a particular trait. So there's the Nisayon, whether you can do it, and then the Bechina is whether you can do it consistently. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you, Klai, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu says, sorry, that your, your forefathers, they went ahead and they tested whether I will, uh, I will, I possessed the traits, and Bechanuni, and even though they knew I had the traits, they still wanted to see if I would be consistent and if I would be loving. Gamru Pali, even though they saw my hands and they saw what I was capable of doing and they saw how loving I was. 
Arbaim Shana Akupidor, and it's funny that we sort of sing this sometimes with a happy thing, uh, with a happy tune, but the truth is, is that these, the, the last two psukim are not something which we, we're pr- particularly proud of for the last three or four psukim, but this is where commonly the, the chazim begins. Arbaim Shana Akupidor, for 40 years, I quarreled with that generation, that they went ahead and they angered me at the time of the Muraglim. And because of that, they ended up in the, the wilderness for 40 years. So the 40 years of the wilderness was their own doing. And the whole time, Akash Baruch says, I was angry with them. I was resentful towards them the entire uh, the entire 40 years. And Omar and I said, I'm to'e levavheim, that they are a nation, they are a people who make a mistake in their heart. The toa, the person who is a toa, person who's mistaken, in this context, it means that they deviated from the proper path. So they weren't willing to follow the path which I was guiding them on. And and as a result of that, they behaved as if they didn't even know my ways, didn't even know what I wanted from them, because they were consistently going against what, uh, what, what I said. And as a result of all of that, I got so angry that I I swore, not a swear word, but I took an oath in my anger that that there's no way, no how, that that generation is going into the resting place. Resting place is a reference to Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is referred to as El HaMenucha Vel HaNachala is a pasuk that we have in the Chomish, a place of rest and the place of inheritance. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so angered by what Klai Yisrael's behavior at that time that he ended up uh, uh, making this vow that there's no way that Klai Yisrael is going to go ahead and get into Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying the generation of salvation, the generation of Mashiach, that the way the Sforno writes it is, I'll tell you, Kamosam, you, that generation that Moshe Rabbeinu is addressing now, don't be like the generation that I interacted with that left Mitzrayim and that we, we traveled 40 years in the wilderness. Shemu Bekolo, make sure you listen to God's voice. Lahabi Niflos Mitarasum and to acknowledge all of the wonders. And the in the into uh, to uh, the the mitzvahs, the Torah and the mitzvahs. In order that Hashem Baruch Hu shouldn't decree against you, this is assuming that there's two different stages. There's some sort of redemption, and then Mashiach is going to come afterwards. So don't allow yourselves to fall into that same pattern where Hashem Baruch Hu is going to get so angry at you that he's not going. You're not going to merit the time of Mashiach as he did for the generation of the midbar. So that's why the warning is that now that you've reached this this uh, significant stage of redemption and Yeshua and salvation, but make sure that Hayom in the the part which is highlighted over there, make sure that you continue to pay attention to what Akash Baruch Hu wants and the mitzvahs, because otherwise you could find yourselves in the same circumstance as the generation of the of the wilderness, where they had everything going for them, all the potential was there, and they went ahead and they blew it in their uh uh, their, uh, their, the stubbornness of the heart, the hardening of their heart, where they refuse to go ahead and acknowledge HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So this is a simple translation, the simple meaning of this particular paragraph. Now, let me pull up the Malbim. I can find where that is. Um, um. It's the same thing I know. Hold on. 
Okay, what's on your screen now? Still the, still the same. Still the same. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me try one more. Okay, I got it now. Okay, now you got it? Yes. Okay. So here, now this is going to be the album. This is the album's bigger picture of what uh, what exactly is going on. A more, uh, a, a, a deeper analysis. So he says, and now that it's a word document, well, it's the same word document, but now we could follow along together. He says, Mizmorim Eila Ad Simen Kuf. So this is what we say. We don't say kuf, but these kapitzlach tehillim, these prakim of tehillim, which we say from tzadi hey through the end, kula which are part of our Kabbalah Shabbos. That's our Kabbalah Shabbos uh, uh, recitation. So they all speak about the same idea, and that is They talk about two different ways by which Hakadosh Baruch Hu interacts with the world. Aleph is hashkacha be'emtzayis hatava. One is how Hakadosh Baruch Hu interacts in the in, in the world, in nature, the laws of nature, as we're going to see. Beis hashkacha nisayit shelo be'emtzayis hatava. And the second is the miraculous way that Hakadosh Baruch Hu behaves in our physical world, which cannot be explained by nature, miracles which defy nature, like a kriyas yamsuf type of thing. So sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts in the world in a natural way, and somebody, sometimes he interacts in the world in a miraculous way, what we would uh, describe as a miraculous way. And this parak, which we're doing now, the so this now introduces to us these two different types of things, these two different approaches. And the different ways by which HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts in the world, the natural way in the miraculous way, they represent two different ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, interacts. One, his interaction with the Jewish people, and his other, the interaction with the remaining nations of the world. Now he's giving us an overview. He says that then in the next two prakim, that'll be our next two weeks of, of class. So he says, The first two, next two prakim are going to be how Kosh Baruch Hu, uh, behaves within nature. Where the miracles which happen are always going to be hidden. They're hidden miracles. They're ones which you cannot detect. And then in the next two prakim, then he's going to talk about the second way God interacts in the world, which is the miraculous way. And there's going to be very deep and very, very deep and lofty, two different ways of describing it, but very profound ideas. Now, now he's going to our paragraph. So this is the Lechuneranana. So the first two psukim, they are the key to understanding the whole concept. The whole thing which we're going to be talking about for our purposes, our whole discussion of Kabbalah Shabbos, and why we're saying these particular prakim, and where in our minds, and emotionally, and in our dvekas, where we're supposed to end up, as we say Kabbalah Shabbos, so the first two psukim of Lechunaranana, those are the psukim which are going to give the key. They are really the map of everything which we're going to go ahead and we're going to do. Oh, there we go. Amar, Lechunaranana Lashem, Shenaranen Lo. 
So we say, come, as we said at the beginning, come, let us go ahead and sing to Hashem. So what does this mean? Aleph, number one is, So the first reason why we sing to God is the recognition that He is the creator of the universe. He brought everything into existence. So just the fact that He is the creator, that already is reason that we should say, you know what, we should acknowledge Him, we should thank Him, we should sing a song, compose a little ditty uh, to the fact that God is the creator of the universe. Nariya biyichud. And then we say, Nariya l'tzuri yishenu. So Nariya is the shofar blast. So that is mitzad shehu tzuri yishenu. So we're going to blast the shofar because he is the rock of our salvation. What does it mean, the rock of our salvation? Shehu mitzad ha-hashkocha ha-pratiyas. That is when we talk about the divine providence. How HaKash Baruch interacts with Klal Yisrael as uh, uh, individually, not the Hashkacha Klalis, the, the general way that HaKash Baruch runs the world, but the Hashkacha Pratis, the divine providence that individuals within Klal Yisrael in the unique divine providence which Klal Yisrael is privileged to have, that is the second phrase, the Nariya L'Tzur Yishenu. And the blast is going to be the time, is typical of the time where the king is going to appear amongst the people. Because when the king finally shows up, there's always some, you know, some sort of sound which is made to indicate that the, uh, the arrival of, of the king. So that is when we see him, not that he's in the palace somewhere far away on some mountaintop somewhere, and we don't have an interaction with him. It's a completely different experience when you're actually present as he appears. Now he says, so that's number one. So there's there's nature and there's miracles. There's the Jewish people, and then there is the nations of the world. Now he says, there's also two different ways by which we are going to recognize, we're going to be able to discern, that's a better word over here, we're going to be able to discern and recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. Aleph, number one. The first is, we're going to recognize God's behavior, God's presence and God's behavior in very general terms. This is, we're going to see, this is what we refer to in terms of him being the creator. When he puts on his creator cape, or he puts on his creator cap, so that is this first way by which we recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're able to recognize and discern God's presence just through examination of creation itself. Just an exploration of creation, how everything works in such great synchronicity with the water cycle and the you know the, uh, the the circle of life and how all of the different creatures and all of those uh, all of those uh, different things. So all of that all points in the direction of the fact that there is a creator of the world. There is a creator and he is the cause of everything which exists. And then Aide came. And then what we do afterwards is Yakubamaisafim. The second thing is we begin to explore individual behaviors, individual actions or individual, I shouldn't say individual, specific uh, uh, um, uh, occurrences, incidents. 
how all of these things are intertwined and connected with one another in creation. And then we recognize there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the uh, uh, is the one who oversees, and he's the one who uh, runs the entire universe. So this is all, uh, I, I didn't speak so clear before, this is all part of the initial recognition, the general recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is what, even in the future, because remember, this is talking about the future, even in the future, the, the, the extent of the recognition that the nations of the world will have of God is only his presence in nature. So whereas nowadays they may deny and they may say evolution and they may say all sorts of explanations, scientific explanations for the universe, which don't uh, necessarily point towards God. In the future, they will recognize that creation itself indicates that there is a God. And that's how they're going to see God even in the future. In this recognition is the domain of non-Jews. Of the of the uh, of the uh, the Gentiles of the world, the general nations of the world, and those people, they're the ones who are called to sing to Hakadosh Baruch Hu initially. So the Malbim says, Hashem." That's not a call to the Jewish people to sing to God. That's a call to the nations of the world to sing to God and recognize His role as a Creator, because Shashem Havaya. Because we know the name of God, Yudke Vavke, Mora Al Habria Hakolalis. That's the name of God which we use in reference to creation. Hashem, the Yudke Vavke name is the name of creation. Trust me on that. Just <laughs> take my word for it. So the fact that it says Hashem, though the reference to God with the name Hashem is in, indicative of it's an acknowledgement, an acknowledgement of his presence in creation. And as a result of that, we will recognize his presence and his role in running the world. And we'll be able to then call out to the rock of the salvation. But all of this is still in very general terms. Then the next passage, remember the Mabim said that the first two psukim are the key. He says, now we say, Soda, that we're going to go ahead and we are going to come before his presence with thanksgiving. So now the Malbim explains, amazing. He says, the second recognition of God is not the natural one, this is the miraculous one. So that we're going to go from his general presence in the universe, and now we're going to see specific behaviors of his. And only Klal Yisrael has the insight and has the experience and has the perspective to appreciate this dimension and this facet of Hashem's presence in the universe, how he interacted with Klal Yisrael and how he took care of Klal Yisrael for thousands and thousands of years, even in exile. That because of the divine providence, that is the manifestation of the connection between God and the Jewish people. And he performed many miracles and signs and wonders for the benefit of the Jewish people to save the Jewish people. To the point where we're able to see and recognize and acknowledge and discern that God has a special relationship with the Jewish people. 
Whereas nature would have said that this would be the end result. Nature would say that the Jewish people shouldn't exist, number one. But the very fact that we continue to exist, that itself is evidence of some sort of unique relationship and unique watchful eye, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has on the Jewish people. And it's through the HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, not his behavior as the creator, but his behavior as the hashkacha pratis of the world, of the divine providence of the world. So we're that's how we're able to discern HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. So we're going deeper, we're seeing even more so. Because by very definition, only the creator of nature can override nature. Right? You have to have written a code. The person who wrote the code is going to be able to override the uh, the code. If you're just a, a, somebody who's playing the game, so you have no access to that code in order to know what the code secrets are, to know how to cheat in the game. So the only person who really knows how to cheat is the one who, not cheat, but the only one who knows how to override is the one who went ahead and wrote the code in the first place. So only Akash Baruch Hu could perform miracles because he's the one who wrote laws of nature. And therefore, he knows, he's the only one who knows how to override them. The Shalkane, and because of this, and this is an amazing thing, he says, we've talked about this many times over the years, but he says, Shalkane, being that we have this unique perspective in terms of not HaKash Baruch Hu as the creator, but we have a unique perspective that we see HaKash Baruch Hu in terms of Ashkach HaPratis, how much he loves Klai Yisrael, and how many miracles he does for the salvation of the Jewish people, for the good of the Jewish people. That's why when HaKash Baruch Hu talks to us directly, the one time HaKash Baruch Hu spoke to all of Klai Yisrael directly, not through a Navi, but he actually spoke to Klai Yisrael, he begins with his identity, they we want to see his ID card. What does it say on Akash Baruch Hu's business, uh, his business card? Akash Baruch Hu says, Anochi Hashem Mitzrayim. I am Hashem your God who took you out of Mitzrayim. Now, the Malbim makes the point, which he quotes from the Kuzari in a, in a moment. He says, Vo amar ni Hashem olam, kuzari. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't say, I am the one who created the universe. We would think if you're going to identify yourself as the mighty, powerful God, go back to the very creation of the universe. But the Malbim is now saying, and David HaMalch is saying, and Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, that that's not how HaKadosh Baruch Hu identifies himself to the Jewish people. That's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu identifies himself to the nations of the world. He's nothing more than a creator of the universe and put in place the laws of nature. But to Klal Yisrael, we have a much different relationship. We have a first close, close Devekus type of relationship where we're able to see that he responds to us and he takes care of us in a miraculous way. And therefore, to when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to identify himself as the father of the Jewish people, he doesn't say, I am the creator of the universe. He says, I am the one who took you out of Mitzrayim. I did all of those miracles to take care of you and to bring you to here at Har Sinai. And there are hundreds and hundreds of miracles which I did for you in order to assure your safety that you would be here right now at this moment. Mipnei, and the reason is, because for Klal Yisrael, Mipnei Shalom Noda Hashem al Yidei HaTovos Iman We don't recognize God, we don't interact with God because of the general things which He did, but rather because of the specific miracles which He did for us. Amar, and then with this perspective, this is what the second pasuk says. 
Nikadma Fana Bisoda, that we're going to go ahead and let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Shetchila Navo Bisoda Vahoda Al Tovosav Hapratim Elenu. The first thing that we, the Jewish people, recognize are the individual miracles which God did uniquely for the Jewish people, uniquely and exclusively for the Jewish people. Now, once we recognize that, Vachakach. Then we could expand outwards and say, not only does he love us individually, but now we see his presence in the entire universe. But his presence in the entire universe for the Jewish people is initially recognized through his personal relationship with us, and then it expands out from there. So that's why our Pasuk, the Pasuk for Klal Yisrael, the Malbim says is, First we begin with thanks. Thanks on a personal level for what you have done. And then, then we get into the louder song, the thunderous song, recognizing which is going to be a recognition of God in a general sense as the one who went ahead and created the uh, the universe. Um, then... Um, Okay, we're going to do one more Pasuk, and then we're going to save uh, the rest of the Malbim for next time. Somehow group all this together. So then we say, in the third Pasuk we say, Ki kel Hashem, for Hashem is a great God, umelach gadol and a great king above all gods. So he says, explains the Malbim, mevar hevdel ben shnei hakaros So in this Pasuk, the, the uh, David HaMalch, Moshe Rabbeinu, are explaining the difference, a fundamental and profound difference between these two different aspects of recognition of God. And that is, La'akum, as far as to a, the non-Jews are concerned, Hashem who kill Godo umel Godo. So that phrase, ki kill Godo Hashem umel Godo, that, uh, sorry, we're, we're actually beginning this. We're not even going to finish this uh, tonight. But we say that this is a recognition that the only thing, the only uh, 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 facet of Akash Baruch Hu's existence that the nations of the world recognize is the fact that God is great. He is a great God. He's a great king above all other powers. Meaning, Ha'akum yakiru shu el gado al the first thing they see is, we thought that there were other powers in the universe. We thought the sun had power. We thought nature had power. There was Mother Nature. We thought there were all sorts of powers in the universe which were undeniable and ir- ir- irresistible. And now we realize that God is more powerful than all of nature. But that's the extent of what they could recognize. They, they don't see Hashkach pratis. They didn't experience divine providence. So all they could recognize is we now see that there isn't nature separate from God. God is the creator of nature. So this phrase, Kel Gadol Hashem, Umel Gadol Kol Elohim, that's the extent of the recognition that the nations could have of God. And that is, Shubal Yecholas V'takif Al Kol Elohim, that he is capable, that's Bal Yecholas means he's capable, and Takif, he's more powerful than all forces which exist, even more powerful than gravity, more powerful than any force which exists in nature, he's more powerful than that. Meaning, Ratzelomar Kochos Ateva Kulana, God is more powerful than all of the powers of nature, Mitzad Shabara Kol, and that's by virtue of the fact that they now recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who created that. And that's the scope of their recognition is just to see him as a more powerful force 
than the laws of nature, than the powers of nature, but they will never be able to see Hashkacha Pratis. And according to the Malbim, what the what David Amalch is emphasizing over here is the fact that we are we, the Jewish people, are going to have a much more profound, much deeper, much more personal relationship with God, and we're going to see him in different ways, and therefore our praise of him is going to be expressed in very different ways because of these different ways which we're going to uh, which we're going to see him. So we'll hold it over here for um tonight. So next week, uh, pay attention to the emails and whatnot. I have a meeting at the uh, the school. Uh, there's a parent meeting at the uh, the school uh, next week, which I, I have to attend. I just don't know what time it's at. So if it's possible that we could have class even a short time, and then I'll go run to the meeting, so we'll do so. But uh, I forgot to uh, to find out what time the uh, the meeting is. Shocking. So we'll go ahead and we will uh, will about the but we'll be in touch as far as that. But uh, but consistently, at least for now, for the next uh, few weeks, class is going to be seven o'clock here in Central Standard Time. It will be eight o'clock on the uh, on the East Coast, and then um, I think after we change the clock, I think one day is at seven, and the other day it is at eight thirty. Eight thirty. Eight thirty. So it's going to now be uh, this class will now be referred to as a uh, studying Kabbalah Shabbos, right? Uh, I forgot what I what I what I sent out on the uh, the thing, but it's. Um, I didn't see a thing. Did you send uh, something out? No, it was just on my status. I put it on. <laughs> you see how helpful so that was. Doesn't help me at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could look at it on uh, WhatsApp, but I Kabbalah could. Shabbos entrance to Olam Haba. Okay. Great. Okay. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. You're doing. You're, you're doing well, well, Mel. Yes. Okay, good. Al, you're doing good? Uh, yes. Okay. So far, everything that you, you hear in Eretz Israel, everybody is, uh, they're okay? They're, they're still in their home? They haven't been evacuated? They're not that far no, north? No, they're still home. They're they're north of Jerusalem. Uh, so not that far north, though? Not that far north. I'm 60 kilometers by Ariel. Gotcha. Mostly, okay. mostly, what's happening is that my grandson, our grandson's pizza business, is doing well because they're <laughs> people are buying pizzas because they're nobody wants to cook. to get some stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. So all the best, everybody. Have a good night. Uh, Thursday, seven o'clock. Thursday, seven o'clock.